Two hours later, and Darrell was wishing Harry's presence had included a lot more rope. On principle, they didn't have enough. Too much was just plain impossible. And some decent winching gear. Hell, a tracked bridge-laying tank would have been ideal. There was bound to be some clever guy working on something like that back in Magdeburg. As it was, the river that Romford stood on was still in their way even after skirting the place. They needed to get across to cut over to the road that led north to Cambridge. It wasn't a big river. They had the horses walked over, laden with most of the wagon's freight, in fifteen minutes, and penned up in a nearby field alongside some cows that nobody seemed to be minding for the moment. While the horses goofed off in best equine style, ambling about, taking a moment to roll, sampling the local weeds, it was left to the humans to figure out getting the wagon over without wrecking the thing. The horses could always be brought back when there was heavy pulling to do, and of course there was a late lunch to have. This, Cromwell said, is going to be a right pig. It's the steep banks that do it, Liebrich said. We could do with fascines for this, but that'd leave too much trace. Hamilton emerged from under the wagon. We should be able to get the axles off, and then it's just bridges arse power to get it over the stream. I was afraid of that, Darrell put in. I ain't afraid of hard work. I'm a miner. Don't mean I have to like it. The man that does is a bloody fool, Towson said but standing about griping about the business won't get anything done. Who's going under to get the axles off? Best be Darrell, I think, Hamilton said. I think Captain Leverts has done some fettling under here, nothing you can see from above, but the ironmongery's odd-looking. Yeah? That was definitely worth a look. When he got under the wagon, he had a low whistle to let out. You could certainly not see any difference from up above, but under the cart, the usual blacksmith's work ranging from nearly as good as a twentieth-century machine shop to brutal and slapdash, but usually massively overbuilt, had been replaced with machined parts. Bearings, bolts, axle bushings, all were distinctly modern, with thin timbers screwed in place to hide anything that wasn't immediately obvious. The suspension was seventeenth-century design, not much more than some metal hanging straps, and those only enough to give a bit of flex over rough ground. But the steel was machined, Uptime style. Whether Harry had brought a kit of parts on the off chance or a small set of portable machine shop tools, Darrell had no idea. But it was a hell of a feat of forward planning. It looked like a seventeenth-century English common carrier's wagon. Standard issue. But it was a hell of a lot lighter and more reliable. You could have told me, Harry, he complained under his breath, and then louder, Gonna need some light under here, and the small red toolbox, the one with my socket set in it? I'll yell out when I need stuff lifted. If Harry hadn't had his guys alter this thing to be taken apart easily, Darrell was going to have a quiet word with that boy about tricks and the missing of same. It turned out to be even easier than his first guess. The bed came off in one piece and was an easy, if cumbersome, lift between four guys. The frame and tongue came off in three parts after a few seconds of swearing at each lock nut and the wheels turned out to have metal bushings around the axle and be suspiciously heavy for plain wood. If there weren't steel reinforcing rods in there somewhere, Darrell would be very surprised. And the axles were split, the split cunningly hidden in a turned wooden sleeve that kind of looked like a repair to the axle tree from a distance. Each side could rotate independently on, yes, sturdy roller bearings rather than the standard-issue bit of wood between two pegs with a ladle of tallow. There was even a block of wood fitted in each, 
bearing on a discreet metal sleeve that provided an authentic squealing noise to hide the fact that the axles had proper bearings. Daryl had just assumed that one of Harry's guys had thrown some extra grease in there to make sure the thing wasn't quite as bad as it looked. Turned out, Harry had had a whole bunch extra done out of sight. Harry's getting to be a real sneaky son of a bitch, ain't he? Daryl remarked to Gail as he was loading his tools on the wagon when they were over. You'd never know, but that weren't a perfectly ordinary wagon. Gail grinned. She might not look like much, but she's got it where it counts. Something like that. We get time, and if it looks like we're going a long way in that thing, I can think of a few improvements. I think Harry tried too hard to be sneaky. He missed a few places he could have got away with some more things. We find a good carpenter's shop, maybe get some parts from a blacksmith, we can put some four-bar suspension links in there, which wouldn't look much different to what the frames made like already. Some leaf springs...